Hello, welcome to ATM, Artists Talk Movies, a podcast interviewing creatives about films that have inspired and or influenced their personal studio work. I'm Hyde Fontenot, and I'm here with co-host Aaron Stafford. We're here to talk about contemporary art and the creative impulse with new guests each episode. We're having casual conversations. We don't pretend to be authorities. We're hoping to give you a window into the visionary process of makers. Et que les images ne viennent pas s'enregistrer ensemble, mais séparément, l'une après l'autre, sur leur support. Akfa, Kodak, Orvo, Gevert. Oh, I know. We're so professional. Yeah. We've only done this 45 times, but it every once in a while. This is where we melt down. Yeah. You you had a show though, so that is, you know, I'm sure you're um still in the thick of an exhibition. Yeah, I am. I'm doing a talk on Sunday. And um, yeah, cool. it's been a, it's been nice to be back in Austin, see old friends. I actually saw people that came to the opening that I hadn't seen in fifteen years. So you know, it's wow. like it was almost like a, a class reunion if you didn't hate where you went to school. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that sounds really nice. It sounds like a yeah. a reunion, but of the best. Kind. Yeah, it so was wonderful. That's... It was wonderful. Oh. Yeah, and it's been it's been the show's been well received. It's been nice to be mm. here, and I'm yeah, I'm doing an artist talk on. Sunday with one of the um, gallery um, gallery folks. Can you tell? Oh, go ahead. Tell our listeners what time your artist oh, talk is. You know, in case it, they well, want. I don't think it'll come out. Yeah. I don't think this podcast will come out. In time oh, that's to, true. To hear the yeah Duh. the artist talk, but you know, I talk all the time, as they well know. <laughs> I will talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we have um, a different kind of episode today that uh we're focusing on and noah yeah our uh, guest this week noah zemblist yeah Mm -hmm. yes who is a partner to a previous guest margaret right and so uh we have invited noah as a as a writer as a curator as an art appreciator Mm -hmm. um to talk about a film yeah um, and so it's a li- it's a little bit of a different flavor for us, but yeah. we've had a writer on before, so <laughs> I think that it's yeah. nice to like get different points of view yeah. from different sides of the art yeah. world. So no, no pressure, but Noah is one of the smartest people I know. So <laughs> and this is going to be brilliant, you guys. <laughs> I was just uh, thinking, and I told you earlier that I felt like I was preparing for some sort of graduate level. It is like, like that. Yeah. Yeah, some sort of... Uh, but also, Noah is one of the kindest people I know. So, you know, he, he will not yeah. overwhelm us with his with his large brain. <laughs> Shall I do his bio? Yes, Or do you want to talk absolutely. about what the, the film is this week? Yeah, let's uh, let's see if I can um, introduce it. Um, so actually, this film is French, uh-huh. 
Um, and so pardon me, all of my French relatives who are listening to this, je suis sorry for all of the horrible pronunciations. It's, it's embarrassing. But um, it's called Here and Elsewhere, yeah. and it came out, it was released in 1976, mm-hmm. um, but it's kind of interesting because it started out as a documentary that was uh, called, oh shit, I forget the name, it's something Victory. It was, yeah, the original title was Victory. They, they, they go over that in the film a lot, like this film was originally yeah. going to be Victory, and now it's Here and Elsewhere. Now it's mm-hmm. something different, and so it's sort of transitioned uh, so that started, the filming started in 1970, uh-huh. and then uh, we can talk about why, you know, and get into sure, how sure. it, and why it transitioned into something else, something here, something there, something elsewhere. But no, the title is something here and elsewhere, yeah. and it's a, it's a documentary, but it's also, there's a lot of sort of questions that get asked, and there's some sort of like, yeah. it feels very, um, like... I- it's very artistically presented right. in a sort of like art house cinema yeah, kind it's, of way. It's defined as a film essay, which is sort of like a different oh, okay. form. So yeah, it is. It's not like watching a film in the way that you get sort of like no. it. It's a. It's. I wouldn't say it's a difficult watch, but it 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 kind of bears studying, you know, because it's, yeah. there's some repetition in it. And a lot mm-hmm. of information, and you're you're kind of piecing it together, you know. Yeah, yeah. and there's some like collage sort yeah. of elements involved yeah. and text. And it's an experiment. It actually reminded me for sure. Experiment, yeah. It felt very experimental in the sort of like almost in the kind of style of like the fluxus movement that yeah. was happening. Anyway, so. Um, so yeah, so that is the film that we will be discussing, and I'll also put the link to watch it yeah. in case you're wanting to watch it, listeners. Yeah. It's not on Hulu um, or because, Netflix. It's on a like yeah, an archival but, site. Yeah, but it is free, so you can watch it, and it's it's only an hour. It's actually kind of a short, uh-huh. you know, film or movie. So it's not like you're deep into a three hour long. Uh, it's, know, no ben Hur. T- it's no Ben Hur. It's no Ben Hur. And so, yeah. So I'll make sure that link is at the bottom yeah, of the yeah. the description. Yeah. But yeah, talk to us about Noah. So this week's guest, um, as a curator, writer, and educator, Noah Zimbalist works on the ways in which contemporary artists address history, sovereignty, and the tensions between political forces and self determination. Most recently. He edited the new book, Tanya, um, Tanya Bruguera, uh, The Francis mm-hmm. Effect, uh, from Deep Vellum Publishing, 2022. And his curatorial projects include Commonwealth at the Institute for Contemporary Art at Virginia Commonwealth University from 2020, uh, Conjunctions and Disjunctions at the Black Ground, at Black Ground in Cali, Colombia, from 2022 as well. So uh, from 2022, uh, Issa Dibi, Exile is Hard Work at Birzit uh, University Museum in Palestine um, in 2017, False Flags at Pelican Bomb in New Orleans 2016, Emergency Measures at the Power Station in Dallas, Texas in 2015, he is Associate Professor of Art at the Virginia Commonwealth University. 
Uh, NOAA's upcoming projects include a new triennial focused on art and education at the ICA at Virginia Commonwealth University as well in 2024, so that's exciting, and an, inter an interview with uh, Yazan Khalili to be published in Georgia, and, it, and an essay by Aliyah Farid in 2023 issue of Burnaway Reader. So welcome, Noah. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. Hello. You're welcome. Thank you for being a part of our podcast. Yeah, you're, um, you're a shoe-in yeah. for this type of discussion. We're really happy to, uh -huh. and excited to have you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. So you're in Virginia right now? I'm in Virginia. I'm in Richmond. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's a beautiful day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, now you, this film that you brought us, like you, I, I was really glad that you of all people would bring us this film because I know that you have, you know, extensive experience and knowledge of being in uh, Israel and Palestine, and you've done a lot of projects there. Uh, so this is, you know, I don't know. I've been telling people about, like, I'm preparing to do this podcast with you. And I was like, I'm really glad Noah's bringing us this because... I don't always feel like at liberties to maybe express opinions that I have about uh -huh. Zionism oh. and the situation mm. in Palestine, uh, but I'm I'm really interested to hear your your take on this. And of course, Goudard is uh, like this is the subject of the film, the the occupation mm -hmm. of Palestine. Yes. Um, yeah. So maybe. Uh... Yeah, as you as as you know, as you said, I've... and if I've already misspoken, you can totally no mis no mistakes, <laughs> no mistakes, because because yeah, it, you I... know, you get a little bit yeah flummoxed. Hide your, we're gonna get report cards. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh man, I mean, I think it's, people talk to me about this all the time that they feel so um, like uh, nervous about like yeah. bringing up mm -hmm. anything connected to like Israel, Palestine, you yeah. know, the Middle East in general, <laughs> like, I don't know, you know, right. cause it seems so complicated and so heavy and people have such strong opinions that you feel like you can say the wrong thing at, like all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but I think, but I th actually think it's good to just talk <laughs> about it, you know, and like, as you know, as long as we're all open to, yeah you know, yeah. <laughs> like hearing other people's opinions. So but. thank you for uh, being on the podcast, Noah, and uh, we'll just stop there. <laughs> Let's just, uh -huh. just get out before something bad happens. Yeah. <laughs> so, Noah, what is, like, how were you, how did the connection to your interest in the Middle East yes. start? Like, what was your sort of origin story so there. um so i grew up um uh modern orthodox jewish um zionist oh. like in um sort of family and schools and and jewish communities um that sort of talked about this all the time and um uh i went so i, I went to like jewish day schools growing up like in for elementary mm -hmm. school and then for high school mm -hmm. and that had like a double curriculum and like half in hebrew and you know israeli history and religious studies and stuff like that but my family also would go to israel every summer um starting when i was a baby mm -hmm. um uh -huh. and um we'd either like 
rent like an apartment. I ended up going to day camps and stuff like that. Um, and um, so I had this long kind of personal history with going regularly and speaking Hebrew yeah. and all of that. Um, but then it was, uh, I'd say, there was kind of a process, a long process of, of where I you know, became secular and then my politics started to shift in relationship to all that. Um, and that's a, that, that, let's just say it was a process. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, oh, yeah. and then like, I, um, interestingly, you know, when I went, when I moved to Texas in 2003 from New York, um, you know, the home of the president, George W. Bush, you know, yeah. eventually having a library at SMU where I was teaching, um, like the, um, right. the, the rhetoric at the time post September 11th was like, um, uh, Al Qaeda and Hamas and Hezbollah are all the same. And, you know, um, right. and, you know, like, uh, all the questions around Israel are, and, and, Israel-Palestine and, like, America against the entire Arab world or Islamic world uh-huh. were, like, conflated together. Um, yes. And I just, I think I felt really, moving to Texas at that time, and also just, I don't know, if we put ourselves 20 years in the past, like, imagine, like, remembering how, like, um, intense the political rhetoric was then. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. I, I, I think I became more politicized from that and that started me on a process of first as an artist and then later as a researcher like getting into this as subject matter yeah yeah i mean i remember um we couldn't call you know fries friends yes <laughs> freedom <laughs> fries how they oh my god it was just so silly <laughs> yeah but yeah and because from what i remember like france has sort of um sort of was a little uneasy going and fighting in the right. Middle East. Right, wouldn't go along with American policy yeah. without questioning they're a little, it. Yeah, they were How a dare little they? wobbly. <laughs> yeah. Now, looking back, you're like, yeah, that was probably a right thing. But um, <laughs> back, you know, everybody was too emotional, uh-huh. too close to uh, to 9-11 to think rationally. Uh, so, yeah, we, uh, so, yeah, everybody, if you weren't uh, around then, um, yeah, French fries was definitely a no-no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which is, like, bonkers to It's think like schoolyard bullshit, you know? Yes. Yeah, like, it totally But, yeah, like, right, what you're saying, totally. though, like, people really trying to paint with a, a broad brush right. and like you know we're good and they're evil and axis of evil exactly and to um you know just identify the enemy and and be relentless and uh you know non-hesitating to use violence right and i don't know if you remember but like mm-hmm. um there was a, a speech that bush had given where he called the the war on terror a crusade um like Little, oh like literally referencing the crusade the christian crusades yeah. to the, to the muslim yeah. world and right. and uh, and this obviously oh. didn't go over very well but i think he was speaking from you know a perspective that a lot of people in the united states had which was that right. like mm-hmm. this was yeah. the christian crusade to like save us from the heathen right mm-hmm. right yeah I'm sorry I'm I'm yeah <laughs> Well, it is kind of crazy. And then, you know, like, if we know anything about the Crusades, they were so violent oh. and so awful. Yeah, yeah. And it's like... But we did yeah, it for I, God, I said, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been a real... 
it's been romanticized, you know, and, and mythologized, but it's like, oh, wow, like, that's where you're... I'm sure, like, historians were, you know, horrified at the idea of the Crusades yes. repeating itself, yeah. but, yeah. Um, Noah, could you possibly... I don't think a summary yeah. would really work in this case, but maybe sort of touch on... Um, like what, uh, if somebody hasn't yes. seen this yeah. film, yeah. I was like, okay, Noah, tell my grandma about How this film. I th- <laughs> um, I can, I can give a, what I can she expect? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so as, as you guys said already here and elsewhere, um, is a film that was, um, uh, made in, in the early seventies. Um, it was originally commissioned by the, um, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, which was the kind of like rebel group of Palestinians who were based in Jordan at the time. Um, And so it literally was a piece of like, of propaganda, like, you know, it was essentially Mm -hmm. the Palestinian group that um, was looking to this group of French filmmakers that they were called the Zika Veritov group. But um, Jean-Luc Godard is sort of known as the uh, one of the primary people of this group and yeah. they were you know leftists there was a, this is also a time of a lot of like leftist solidarity networks you know um mm-hmm. like so mm-hmm. if there's a kind of marxist principle like in palestine and in france um that that somehow there's there's a, a connection between the struggles um mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um so they were invited to do this. Um, they go and, and interview all of these rebel fighters about armed struggle, political struggle. And um, and then what happens is uh, that the Palestinian Liberation Organization um, is very violently exiled from Jordan because the um, the king of Jordan was worried that the Palestinians were going to like take over, mm-hmm. like start a coup and take over the country. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they're exiled uh-huh. very violently. A lot of them are killed, and they're like yeah. the mm-hmm. remainder ends up in southern Lebanon. So, and also as a result, you know that they're too busy fighting, not thinking about these French filmmakers. I think the whole the project got mm-hmm. put on hold. <laughs> um, but I think uh-huh. yeah. in the meantime, you know, it it was a moment of pause for like Godard and and his collaborators. Think like, what were we doing here? Like, what is this? What is the role of film mm-hmm. and propaganda? And then also mm-hmm. being a, being back in in Paris and watching the news and thinking like you know from from a perspective seeing through a screen watching it, reading a newspaper, um, you get one sense of something that's happening elsewhere. Um, that's you know supposedly through journalism and, and it's subjective, but is it like completely different from the propaganda mm-hmm. film that they were asked to make? <laughs> right. Um, Mm-hmm. So so then the film is kind of edited to account for these questions like what is the role of yes. filmmaking and its relationship to truth you know so uh-huh. um mm-hmm. so it, and it's very self-conscious so the here and elsewhere are like the are here from the perspective of the of uh it keeps on flipping like who is here referring mm-hmm. to like here is France and then you see this like um uh this kind of middle class French family watching TV. The father is yeah. unemployed. You know they've got a couple kids, uh-huh. and they're like watching commercials and then the news about violence that's happening, and then talking about his political meetings and unions and unionizing mm-hmm. and 
And then the elsewhere is like this Palestinian struggle in Jordan and against Israel and Lebanon. And it seems like this other place, but then it flips back and forth. Like, like from the, from the Palestinian perspective, we are here Mm -hmm. and this, these people in France are elsewhere. And so, so it's constantly flipping back and forth. And, and I think as Aaron said, it's very like experimental. It's like you constantly see cameras, you see images, you see the same text repeated again and again, but from different perspectives. And at the end of the day, it's basically a piece that's asking the question, like, um, where is the truth in any visual image? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and, you know, I suppose that, you know, this really goes back to the origins of photography where it was a tool to represent our reality as faithfully as possible. But quickly we came to realize that it can be manipulated quite easily. And, you know, then we have this weird tension between, like, a document of a photograph or video feeling real and at the same time knowing that there is somebody behind the camera and editing to manipulate and so there's always this you know even today we struggle with this you know Uh we have like filters on instagram and i like i see all the time it's like oh i you know these filters are so deceptive you know when they're used in advertising and whatever yeah yeah well like yeah we're still reckoning and Uh there are sequences in the film where they're utilizing Mm -hmm. Um, Palestinian actors, right? But or, or Palestinians acting as actors, so they're they're mm-hmm. they're uh, reading either. I think there's a little girl in this kind of like bombed out yes. ho- house who's who's kind of shouting a poem, yes. or a threat. Mm-hmm. I'm it's, not sure it's, which. It's a poem. <laughs> so she's um, standing in a, a a village called Karame that's uh Uh in Mm -hmm. jordan and it's right over it's like right on the israeli the 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 border between israel and jordan where at the time Uh the west bank well the west bank and jordan and um yeah and uh this in the 1968 war that town was kind of destroyed and then the palestinians Uh that that were living there between 68 and 1970 when this event called black september happened when the jordanians like killed all these palestinians and kicked the rest out like that was the site of like this double violence of like is israel israel like the israeli war of 1968 killing all these palestinians and jordanians and then the black september so like this girl is standing on the rubble the site of this of multiple recent violences who um and then reciting a poem by mahmoud darwish who's like the national poet of 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 palestine like um so all of his poems are sort of you know he he was a poet writing you know, post-1948, like, through the 60s, 70s. Um, so, yeah. so people would recite his poems, but also, like, also, like, a kind of propaganda. So it's, like, is, is a poem propaganda? Is it literary? Is What's the role of art in relationship to politics? Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of interesting because of what's happening in Iran right now and how much, like, poets and songwriters are being targeted for yes. being politically outspoken. And women, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yes. for sure, right? for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like ar- artists, uh, you know, but by making statements, by making art about mm-hmm. what's going on, um, yeah. Yeah. 
What I thought was sort of interesting is that it at times perhaps kind of asked us to consider our implication as a viewer in like either propaganda or, you know, it's like suddenly we almost become complicit in the, you know, in the situations Mm -hmm. that are happening, you know, in the Middle East or wherever. It's like, well, how, you know, what's our role as viewers of this media or this information? And there's a lot that kind of connects back to the TV, which I thought was really interesting. Like the the family. Yeah. It's like, it's like, and most of the time, I don't really, I didn't really understand like what they were watching, but it seemed like they were disengaged in what they were watching. Yes. Like they seemed really bored. This yeah. French family, yeah. kind of lulled and, into you know, just consuming whatever information was coming through, and they weren't ex- expressing any. There, there wasn't a reaction. No, yeah. no, yeah, and no judgment because, like, I zone out when I watch. <laughs> I mean, I am like, I get a zombie jelly brain. Yeah. Um, and the problem is, too, like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's just um, even more so than in the 70s, but there's just so much information yes. that we're being bombarded with with the news and media outlets. And it's like, how can you even possibly react to all yeah. of it? I know? mean, I think, you know, I think, Hyde, you were talking about this at one point that the like, you know, it's um, it, uh like watching here and elsewhere is feels a little bit like work, <laughs> you know. Like it, yeah. you know, <laughs> that, that that it's it's not going to give you that kind of pass, you know, this sort of like passive pleasure that you might yes. find in uh-huh. watching some other things. Yeah. And I think that yeah. um, it's like really self conscious about that, you know. Um, you know, this was uh-huh. coming out at a time when like a lot of filmmakers or artists in general were like trying to um, to to um, push against po- what they thought of as popular culture as being part of the, yeah. the culture mm-hmm. industry, like that, that, you know, that they produce things to put us into a passive state of just consuming more, you know, con- consuming mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. things that we, in, that we want to buy, that we want to eat, <laughs> yeah. that we want to love, that we want to, you know, like that our whole life is about consuming more and that like TV film lulls us into a state of, of just pure consumption, but that's not being like mm-hmm. an active viewer who like has opinions and has reactions and feels like they yeah. can engage in the world. Um, yeah. There, there's no Q and a totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean like your only action is like to buy more stuff, you know, or to like <laughs> vote, vote for the dictator. You know? Right. Right. You know what I thought was really interesting. There's a really powerful, I mean, if you, Blinked, you missed it almost, I think, but it it's put up in text. It says something about how there are no simple images, only simple people. Yeah. Oh. And I thought that was really profound. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought, you know, that's so true that like every image is so loaded uh-huh. with, um, you know, our own biases and, and history mm-hmm. and there's a weight to them. And then, yeah, I mean, it's like we, we could all, you know, Ease, like they could easily just be glossed over mm-hmm. um but yeah i just thought that was a really yeah there is a moment yeah with this collage of images coming at you and talking about how you might perceive them it kind of harkens to a clockwork orange where mm-hmm. they're they're inundating you with images to yeah. like i don't know b- build your your persona or strip strip it away i'm not uh, sure yeah. totally uh-huh. Totally. 
Yeah, and that and and I I I thought it was interesting. Like they have like um his so you'll see like commercials. I, it wasn't exactly clear what they were selling all the time, but you know that they're selling something. Um, but then yeah. Mm-hmm. putting that together with like stuff about um, the uh, um, the Cold War, like there were images of Nixon and various mm-hmm. Soviet yeah. leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, right. and, yeah. And then Hitler, I think, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and even juxtapositioning uh, Kissinger with images uh-huh. of uh, like a nude lady bottom yeah. right because <laughs> uh, and, like, and then it said like, like kiss kiss yes. injure oh i didn't yes. notice that yeah oh, I get it. yeah which is kind of like the the beat poets right like breaking up yes. words like that oh. to find other meaning yeah yeah you know that reminds me that i feel like godard the director does interject some humor at times yeah through totally all this like there's yeah i mean i and i know i sent you all that video where he's interviewing um uh woody allen what's it the woody allen thank you and he was kind of making fun of (laughs) woody allen but woody allen yeah he didn't know he was being made fun of because of the way it was going to be arranged and and edited and yeah (laughs) i mean can't trust the french you can't (laughs) poking at him in the same way and i feel like there was an overall like arching theme of like questioning the status quo and you know people's motivations and and Uh you know Uh i think that was a big a big part of it but i i did enjoy that little that little uh, video that he did because i was like that's the same thing like he took an interview that he did and he scrambled it and created something more poignant, totally. more interesting. Right. I, so I thought that was so great. I I hadn't seen that before. So thanks so much for sharing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it was mm-hmm. it was so funny because, like, um, Woody Allen clearly in this in that situation became the elitist. You know where where mm-hmm. he was like, oh, mm-hmm. film is so much hot on a higher level than television like television is stupid Mm -hmm. it's for stupid people but and he's like and actually film is more like literature it's like very high-minded and godard is like are you ridiculous like (laughs) you know because he really believes in in tv like as Uh as something that connects to people so i was thinking about that the moments in here and elsewhere where you show like the family watching tv because like if you want to make something that has an impact on like everyday people that's the place Mm -hmm. to do it right right and and now we're back at like the high art versus low art and how Mm -hmm. like how many people go to the opera and how many people go to starbucks right and Mm -hmm. i mean (laughs) i mean because (laughs) i thought why did i say starbucks because i just thought about (laughs) something that people consume but there there is sort of like design within starbucks and there are definitely like Uh you know sandwich artists and such working in the industry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but just, yeah, like, like go where people are instead of, like, going into these rarefied environments yes. where only mm-hmm. only the educated and elite, you know, mm-hmm. um, occupy mm-hmm. those spaces. Yeah. It's like a, yeah. a, it's like a bit of a paradox with work like this, cause, like this um, here and elsewhere film. That's true. Because, like, yeah. it feels 
um, it feels elitist in some ways because Mm -hmm. it takes work. It seems like there's all this information, like how do I know how to access it? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, whether it's knowing about, you know, Israel Palestine or knowing about experimental film or who Jean-Luc Godard is, all that kind of stuff. But on the other hand, like his intentions were for this work to actually have like impact on everyday people and to be accessible. Yeah. Noah, do you know how it was received when it was first? You know, that's so interesting. I, I don't know that. I mean, it's interesting because like part, I think this is changing, but um, I think that France has, has a popular culture of people going to see films like all sorts of films Mm -hmm. so like Uh in a way that i think was different than the united states so like i think there's like a popular um historically that certainly in the 1970s there was like a a way where like you know an average french person might just like go to the theater to see whatever and it Uh and it could be this you know it could be some really Uh high-minded thing um (laughs) whereas in the united states i think the idea of an art house or like indie films Ah, versus like mainstream like that i I think that was a much more american um invention than something than in france oh that it's divided that it's separated from it's its own category and and yeah interesting do you know if it's still if they still do that today in France? If they still have well, a... it's it's interesting. I mean, the French people that I've spoke to about this, like uh, you know, some people lament the you know the Americanization of France and that essentially mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. anymore. And you know, mm-hmm. um, so that and I think that was a <laughs> thanks, long America. slide. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thanks, America. Dang it. <laughs> It's funny because it's definitely this critique of capitalism yeah. and it it's certainly, you know, if if there's going to be something pretty straightforward, it's like it's not this this film is not interested in making money. No. Like <laughs> you know. Right. And it's like we got it. We got yeah. we got the message loud and clear. And I am all for <laughs> questioning capitalism and our involvement in it and yeah. Not just our involvement, but our worship of it, our dedication oh to it. Oh my gosh. Our, like, deification. Addiction. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. I mean, it that really... Um, so much so that like it's so hard to like imagine like a post... <gasps> oh, I know. Um, Isn't that yeah, crazy? Capitalist. Yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> and I would imagine, Noah, that as a curator, you seem to be not really interested in, in that kind of like... In making money. Uh, we... we, we... <laughs> Oh, burn, Aaron. You got him. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. You got to watch her. You got to watch her, Noah. She'll get you when your guard's out. Do you enjoy oh being poor? Yeah. But there is something about, like, this, um, like, being a, a curator, being an artist, being a writer, yeah. where it's it's clearly not motive. Like, and, and, but even being an artist, like, you can make a lot of money being an artist, you know. But um, there, you can tell, like, from anybody's body of work, it's like, oh, that's not your right. intent. Like, that's not what you set out yeah. to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm really interested. I mean, like, all the stuff that I've worked on um, generally is is 
kind of related to like art and politics and um, in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and often that, that's kind of like why I chose this film in, in some ways, because um, because I'm I feel like it's a film that doesn't necessarily um, give an answer like this is how to do it. But mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. it's sort of mm-hmm. reminding us of asking questions for things that we see and hear. And I'm, I'm always really attracted to like um projects that artists are engaged in that help us like yeah just ask questions about the the world that we live in in a in a different way and the things that are like Mm -hmm. maybe under the surface or like right up in our face but helping us to like work Mm -hmm. through them a little bit Well, you know, one thing that um, came up, I was reading some of the reviews of this film. I don't know if y'all have looked at the IMBD page. Oh my God, no. (laughs) Okay, so there's basically it's empty, but. (laughs) Because everybody's dead. Or not. But then um, if you go into the user reviews, there's some really thoughtful reviews about this. Wow. Yeah. This movie. I know. That's actually, I was like, this is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then after reading them, um, I rewatched it. And, and then I was like, oh, I'm sort of getting, I'm putting the pieces together here. Um, but I was sort of surprised to see there was um, this sort of division in, in some cases where some folks saw this film as anti-Semitic. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then others saw it as being, like what you were saying, like it's more probing and asking asking yes. questions. Yes, right. Um, and I was wondering, Noah, like, what would be your thoughts on that? If you were giving a review on IMBD, right. like maybe you were responding to some of those, you know, yeah. um, uh-huh. I mean, um, so this relates to like a lot of the work that I've done with Israel, Palestine, basically like anything for many people who are, um, uh, either they follow a kind of Zionist ideology or they're... um, So it could be like Jewish people who feel very connected to the state of Israel and its policies and are invested in it being a Jewish state or um, a lot of Christian Zionists who also feel really invested in Israel being a Jewish state so that eventually, you know, Jesus can be reborn and rule the world um um so so like i wish, lo- I wish this wasn't so funny <laughs> <laughs> i know um so yeah like you know and this is a texas thing reverend john hagee from san antonio is like the biggest proponent of this um he runs something called oh, christians God. united for israel so um so i don't know this yeah oh that's a whole side story that we can get into yeah um but the for anybody who is within that kind of spectrum of like defending the policies of the state of Israel in relationship to Palestinians, um, mm-hmm. and to, to even for, for some people to mention Palestine, uh, to say that it exists, to say that the Palestinian identity exists, to refer to an occupation, mm-hmm. um, criticism of like Israeli policies, whether that was like after 1948 or 1967 when Israel occupied the West Bank and the Gaza Strip, um, like then, you know, the history goes on and on. Any criticism is often referred to as being anti-Semitic because it's Mm -hmm. anti-Zionist, right? So like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Zionism is an ideology that 
um, it's it's a kind of Jewish ethno-nationalist ideology, you know, started in the 19th century okay. that basically yes. was like a, the, um, this Swiss Jew named Theodor Herzl um, started uh, building um, European Jewish support for this idea of a new Jewish state. And, uh-huh. you know, this is when like all sorts of people around like the world were starting new nations like after empires were crumbling in the 19th century ah okay okay so zionism became became like the jewish um desire to have a nation of their own um and and it was seen as like a a response to like historic anti-semitism in um in uh in europe and uh, and so, like in 1948, when the, the well 1947, when the state of Israel is established by the United Nations, um, it was seen as like the completion of that um, of that impulse to like have a, a, a nation mm-hmm. for the Jews. So, like Zionism mm-hmm. as a as a term, that's what it's referring to is like that history of like the desire for a state for the Jewish people in the historic um, the historic land of Israel like that's tied to the bible Mm -hmm. the old testament and uh um but then you know the the thing is is that um just like in the united states you know a bunch of people want to like start a country somewhere but there's some people who live there already you know so you know i think people in uh in texas are are um are uh are are familiar with this phrase like i didn't cross the border the border crossed me you know um like so like in in reference to mexican americans who are in texas Mm -hmm. and other parts yeah exactly so like a lot of palestinians feel that way like you know i was here already all of a sudden like it's called something else it's called state of israel and it's supposedly a state Uh for the jewish people but but i'm not jewish so what does that mean for me you know um, right right And, uh, and so then like, yeah. you know, so, um, one reason, um, that, so there's a, different kinds of Palestinian, um, resistance. Some of it is political mm-hmm. struggle. Some of it is armed struggle. Um, and, uh, you know, what a lot of people would refer to as, um, some people refer to it as armed struggle. Other people would call them terrorism, terrorists, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, so that's what like is at stake with that. But, like if if you even bring it back to today, like think about the news stories about Ukraine right now and yes. the way that like Ukrainian yeah. fighters, like even the the this past Sunday's New York Times had this story about this couple that were both teachers and Ukrainian couple that were both teachers and they like you know quit their jobs and like um, uh, picked up guns and became soldiers, but then they were killed. And uh-huh. but it was literally a story uh-huh. of like freedom fighters who were being attacked by this invading army of Russia, right? Um, right, right. But that's a particular point of view, you know. Yes. Yeah. And it's also like you think like why were they chosen? Because they're like a heterosexual couple. Because they're teachers. Uh, it's right. like it's yeah. a right right. Is it like you know yeah. were they cute? I mean, not, not that these right. things are not right. They were all those things. <laughs> when you're looking for, yeah, a totem mm-hmm. that that uh, is to propel your um, your story and like mm-hmm. and and get you on that side. Not not that I wouldn't be on their side, but like, yeah, it's it's propaganda. It's uh, it's yeah. formulating an image, which is what artists do all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and yeah, 
and and one thing about so like that is very much connected to the film here and elsewhere right like this idea that like um ideology is is constructed you know um and disseminated mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but um but also just to come back to this this point about anti-semitism versus anti-zionism you know i come from the point yeah, of view mm-hmm. where like anti-zionism and anti-semitism are not the same thing that they're yes. you know i'm i'm jewish my background is 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 um is jewish and and i've worked with a lot of projects that are questioning the policies of of the state of israel in relationship to the occupation yeah. of palestinians um mm-hmm. which, which is not without its dangers y- yes to take that stance yes do, do you i mean uh-huh. <laughs> i <laughs> i kind of want you to talk about like how you have felt i don't i don't know how to ask this even but like you know like to be politically active is to take a stand right. to take a stand against mm-hmm. power people in power are not always uh accepting of other points of view right uh they're very threatened by it and they uh, uh address it with aggression yes so mm-hmm. you know uh and and like we're saying we're even like kind of nervous to have this film on the podcast because like it's it will be so easy to misspeak right to offend mm-hmm. someone right you know? and like and this is your i mean from what i see this is a big part of your career yes Noah, that that you're in this territory yes I, yeah uh yeah um i think it, for me- maybe that's too big of a question and it's i don't even know yeah if it was asked very well Oh, I was going to say, Noah, maybe the fact that you've existed within uh, the community allows you a voice that can be critical, maybe, of some of the ideology. I don't know. Sometimes, you know, it depends on the, it depends on um, who, you know, who has an issue. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Like uh, Judith Butler, who is a very, you know, famous, like, um, Uh academic feminist queer theorist um has been very yeah. vocal about her um her uh, criticism of of um israeli policies and uh-huh. um mm-hmm. and has been attacked i mean like she's been you know, there was many times like uh, she was supposed to give a, a a talk at Brooklyn College, and um, the there was all this uh, fear about like that, and you know they wanted people wanted to cancel the talk, and then New York politicians were going to like withdraw funding from like the whole CUNY system if she was allowed to speak because she was an anti semite, yeah. even if she's as, you know even if she's Jewish, like so. Um, but the thing that that I I am interested in is like uh-huh. is the way that art can have an effect on the world you know like um yeah. and um the and and in some shape or form that always ends up being controversial you know um yeah. uh, because yeah. like uh you know art that doesn't like reach back out to like into the world um you know uh-huh. is less controversial and um, right. But I think for me, it's always, um, I've been very fortunate to be doing this from the position of, like, of, um, of academia, you know, like I'm, you know, a tenured, mm-hmm, tenured mm-hmm. professor, like, you know, here mm-hmm. and, and when I was in Texas and there's a, um, as much as like Judith Butler is an example of like an academic that gets attacked, 
um, mm-hmm. there's a certain kind of protection that one has in ideally, you know, I think it's eroding mm-hmm. a little bit, but, mm-hmm. um, uh, but there's like a certain kind of protection that one has in a university system. I mean, that's exactly the stuff that like Ron DeSantis and, you know, the, you know, this mm-hmm. anti CRT no. stuff and all that is like, they're like, they're like, you know, getting hip to that. You know, like, oh, wait a second. There are these uh-huh. places where you can say yeah. anything. Let's get rid of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking about like a recent example on the sort of opposite end of the spectrum with Alex Jones and his defamation. Oh, lawsuits. yeah. Uh-huh. And, you know, how, again, like, you know, you have somebody who has a huge platform um, saying that, you know, these, uh, the shootings, are, I don't know if he said that they were actors or they didn't happen or exactly what. I think he said they were actors. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. Which is, which is funny because like in the movie, the here and elsewhere, yes. it's like, are they actors? You're kind of like questioning a little bit of that, but um yeah, so he claimed that they're act uh, the, the the students were actors. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then he lost. Uh, thankfully, he lost, and now I think he's filed for uh, personal bankruptcy. Yeah, right, yeah, but he's hidden funds. Yeah. yeah, so like it's a it's a but, but you know, you like, know what just came out mm-hmm. about Fox News? It's like I've always wondered: Does mm-hmm. Alex Jones oh, believe yeah. in bullshit? Mm-hmm. And I don't. And I think he just understands how to appeal to like mm-hmm. white fragility. And mm-hmm. and conservatives, yeah. and he loves he loves acting out as this angry person, and he knows that that has a certain appeal, and yeah, and so uh, yeah, they don't yeah. have to like believe what they're yeah totally so yeah. I mean, I, starting a fire. Yeah, yeah like the mm-hmm. thing with Fox mm-hmm. News that with the the Dominion uh, voting um, uh, yeah. Uh, lawsuit yeah, was that yeah. like. The thing that came out was that Fox News, like all these people at Fox News, knew that what they were saying was was lies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like and yeah. so like to show yeah. that they knew the truth and then projected something else became like a crucial pivot in the case because it shows that there's like malicious intent that they're not just yes. you know that they're not just spouting stuff off because they believe it. They're spouting stuff off mm-hmm. because they want an intended effect. Um, yes mm-hmm. yes I, I mean the thing you know all this stuff now like with fake news and you know like during the trump era and like that's continued till today mm-hmm. this like you say yeah. with with alex jones and you know just saying that this stuff is, that is invented and don't believe what uh-huh. you see mm-hmm. even if it's on the news or you see video evidence that it's all manufactured i mean the thing that there was a period like during when Godard was working on this, where like that was kind of a, a kind of leftist position that like uh-huh. question mm-hmm. what you see, like question the news, question the commercials, yeah. question yeah. what people are selling yeah. you. And you know, the the more conservative side was like, no, institutions are good are good. Everybody's good. Like we everybody has the best mm-hmm. intentions and you know but it's interesting because mm-hmm. like now that like leftist skepticism is like you know, in, in some ways, it's kind of flipped much more to the right, you know, mm-hmm. like where, you know, it's uh-huh. like, you know like, I don't know about that. Like, don't believe anything you say. It's all fake news. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think yeah. at the end of the day, like 
the the stuff that Godard is is like the questions that Godard is asking us with here and elsewhere is not like to always question what you see is just to pay attention to how something is constructed mm. it doesn't mean yes. that it's all like fake it it just means right, that no right. matter what it's mediated yeah yeah like yeah right exactly like it's not um that we're it's an an intentional lie but that it is a perspective it's not like nothing's objective and that yeah 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 this is you are being led down uh but either consciously or unconsciously by the person that's Mm -hmm. making this thing that you're consuming yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um i was thinking a little bit about this idea of morality and art making and even in video and you know sometimes artists get kind of in trouble uh for supporting maybe somebody like Hitler for example with Lenny Riefenstahl oh right and it's like what are... I was about to go like who's she talking about? <laughs> oh, no. who's supporting Hitler my god yeah but no no in in the moment oh, in the god. moment right in the moment right. although I'm sure they're out there you yeah. know but yeah. um, she was on but, the yeah. Nazi payroll right yeah and so but also like an innovative uh cinematographer and director right and and so it's like what happens to those creatives who kind of make some bad decisions about supporting (laughs) a politician where it's like what happened like i kind of think about like you know um shepherd fairy who did a lot of obama Uh um, imagery and it's like what if obama had turned out to be this horrible person and it's like then is he implicated ah. in mm-hmm. that but obviously that didn't happen i don't think obama was a terrible person yeah. but like <laughs> it's so easy for artists to kind of like get involved in politics and take a side uh-huh. and then it's like and i don't you know lenny riefenstahl i think uh had made statements about triumph of the will and said that she was not aware of like Hitler's <laughs> agenda per se, which you're like, no, okay. are you calling bullshit? Yeah, that's bullshit. I don't know. That's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, maybe she didn't know exactly what was. Nobody probably knew, you know, unless you're really up there on the inside. Um, I think a lot of people knew. You, you, like you think they knew, they knew about mass genocide? I think and... they did. Like when they saw their oh, Jewish wow. neighbors disappearing, when they yeah. Like, yeah. I'm sure you know, yeah. and you know the way people talk and such. Yeah, but, that's true. I mean, you know, it would be hard to mm-hmm. ignore. But mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know news media wasn't the same then. But it's also and they like controlling. But it's also you know, um, we know situations um, where. Um, things are not explicit, but are implied, you know, like, no one says, you know, like, in in Nazi Germany, it was very rare that like, everyone's like, and and we, and, you know, we're killing 6 million people, you know, like, Uh um, Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, like, there's just uh, understandings, you know, certain situations where, you know, like, oh, we don't invite those people, we don't talk about those people, we, you know, uh, we don't ask questions, you know. Yeah, you know, Oh, I was going to say just briefly is that like, you know, my mom is a Trumper and, and, <laughs> and I have tried to talk to her so many times about the effect mm. of her conservative voting and her support of a political party that is really harming my way of life as a queer person. Yeah. 
and mm-hmm. she refuses to see things. And I will, I will send her articles. I will, mm. I will talk to her somewhat patiently, but <laughs> like less so more recently mm. ab- about this. And and it's like she's just blind to it. And I know she loves me, right? But she's she's fucking with me, you know. And yeah. and, and so maybe there was a part of the population at the time that did not understand how they were contributing significantly to endangering people or they yeah or or it wasn't convenient for them to absorb their role or or to absorb you know uh like their yeah their participation there's a psychological term for this i think that we might say that it's cognitive dissonance oh where we can't you know we can't reconcile uh, you know, these, the, yeah. the conflicting mm-hmm. information. And so, and human beings are just lousy at that. Like the yeah. older I get, the more I recognize it. Uh-huh. Like even recently with like, uh, president Biden and the, uh, the, the classified documents. And I'm like, oh, I don't want, I don't want to know that. I don't want to <laughs> read about it. Even though I was lapping up everything about Trump. Right. I'm like, yes. Right. Hundred percent, and then when it happens to buy, you know, yeah. somebody yeah. that I am more well, politically you, aligned also, with. Also, you know, I mean, yeah. here I'm going into apologist mode, but it's it, <laughs> you, you know, Trump had ill intent. You know, Trump wasn't reading those oh, documents absolutely. when he was in the White House. He was absolutely that was like stealing a bunch of poker chips when no one was looking. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that that's true, and I know that the um, the handling and the like when they were just like completely different paths. Yeah. Trump versus Biden. Um, but it, you know, it still doesn't feel very good to know that your team member kind of fucked up too. Right. You know? I know. I think you're absolutely right. Like yeah. and people are talking about this a lot lately and it's referred to like the, the question you were asking Aaron about like artists and their role, their ethical role in relationship to, other people or ideas that they're engaged in. I mean, that's behind everything connected to um, Me Too and like the um, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, the Harvey Weinstein thing, you know, like, you know, yeah. that's, mm-hmm. once again, that was another mm-hmm. situation where like everyone was just, yeah. oh, well, you know, th- this is just how it is. Um, like when you, uh-huh. even with yeah. the most recent... It's um, how Hollywood's always operated, yeah. Yeah, even even with like the Helen Molesworth podcast, um, uh, uh, "Death of an Artist." Have you guys heard this? I don't. I I don't tell us about this. Uh. -uh. Um. Um. Okay. I know the name, but yeah. Um. So, uh, Helen Molesworth, um, is a a curator, um, who, um, uh, actually, what, um, uh left uh the uh, Los An- the LA Mocha um under some controversy um and uh, she she hasn't gone back to having an institutional job since um but uh she's been doing a lot of projects including this thing called Death of an Artist which is about the death of Ana Mendieta uh who was oh uh, Okay. Yeah. Uh, who was a Cuban artist, uh, Cuban American artist, yeah. who was married to Carl Andre, um, the fam- uh-huh. famous minimalist sculptor, and um, there are many stories that point to uh, th- uh, the uh, the accusation that he killed her. Um, 
Yeah. And yeah. and so that's why it's called Death of an Artist. And she's essentially like, um, you know, it's kind of like serial in that way, interviewing lots of people. And interestingly, mm-hmm. you know, Tani Bruguera, mm-hmm. um, one of her earliest works is uh, re-performing a bunch of Ana Mendieta's, um performance works. Oh, wow. And so, yeah. and in this podcast, Helen uses uh, um, uses uh, Tanya as the voice of uh, of Ana Mendieta, um, oh. uh, to like read letters and statements and journal entries and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But but one of the things that Helen Mosler talks about is this like intense. Um, rallying that existed amongst artists, dealers, critics, curators, collectors around Carl Andre. Um, e- uh-huh. Even, you know, like to like to say, you know, this is he's a genius. There's no way that he could have been a murderer. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and she talks about it in a very similar way that that sort of that quiet way that in back rooms that people just like assemble together and say, like, no, we're with this person um oh my god yeah this is also the theme of the musical oklahoma oh. <laughs> which, which i mean I, I i know it sounds like I'm i love crazy, it i love I, it i had never i had never seen it before and then i saw a stage production in new york like about 2017 2018 when i was living in tulsa and it mm. really affected oh. me because like you you see this you see a criminal act that is like the community sort of decides like mm. we're okay with that happening because we need to we need to move on with our like what our romantic version of ourselves is and and like i think it wasn't intended to be self-critical of of that it was like this is a happy ending is is what the producers thought but i was like oh fuck i'm witnessing so much injustice in oklahoma contemporarily <laughs> so, yeah. so, uh, so contemporarily so so this is like kind of shaking me to my core and it's a goddamn mm-hmm. musical you know wow. <laughs> wow. well musicals can sometimes be very political yeah yeah i was not <laughs> expecting it was it I know, Hyde, we talked about that one movie that came out during the pandemic, um, early pandemic days. Um, I'm thinking of ending things. Do you remember the Hoffman? Yeah. And that had a lot of Oklahoma references. Uh, Oh, um, I'll have to go back. I've been meaning to watch that anyway. Same, same. Have you seen that one, Noah? I'm thinking of ending things. I think I have, but, you know, it's, it's definitely in my, like, COVID brain, like... You know, yes, totally. Um, yeah. Not that totally. I was like literally sick, and you know, but I'm thinking about like just the the the, the timelessness yeah, of that space. Yeah. Like I don't really remember. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah. like many people, yeah. I watch so many things during that time. <laughs> I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. Oh, but yes, right. Charlie that Kaufman. Was, that's yeah. it. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, it's a brilliant film, and it deserves a, a rewatch. For I think sure. so too. But yeah, if you. But now knowing a little bit more about Oklahoma, I think that would probably resonate in a different uh-huh. way. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, you know, I think, you know, kind of going back to our discussions about Hollywood and um, uh, Weinstein and all, and even, you know, if we think about um, Woody yeah. Allen, uh-huh. but there's a, there is an interesting representation of women in this movie, either like on camera or as a narrator. And I know that a woman was a director. Yes. Yeah. 
but uh but you're absolutely right i, I mean mm-hmm. i i feel like um there this uh it, it's actually the very beginning that they make a big deal about this mm-hmm. like the the young girls mm-hmm. i mean it's not it's it's the the young girls that are oh, um, yeah. um kind of in military drills essentially and um yeah. uh, and then and then there's the young girl in the ruins that's reciting the poem and um uh-huh. i think that and then the young girls who are in the um literacy um uh program right. that are like learning how to read but they're like uh-huh. learning how to read through um union texts or different kinds of palestinian propaganda um but i think that like Godard definitely was trying to make this this um, point that um, t- true revolutionary activity, even if it's Palestinians against you know a kind of Israeli oppressor, have one politics, but within that they have other politics like um, mm. like feminist politics. Mm. Um, so yes. like mm-hmm. you know everyone can be a fighter. It's it's similar to the rhetoric that um, that was used with like the Kurdish women. Um, you know, fighting uh, um, in Syria, you know, that, uh-huh. have you guys uh-huh. seen any of that? Like, um, anyway. no. these Kurdish women that are like the, that became really famous um, over the last 10 years and the U S supports them. They're anti-Assad forces for their civil war. Okay. Um, but anyway, it's, I think that was a big, that was very much in vogue at the time of a lot of leftist politics of thinking uh-huh. that like, you know, whether it's unions or anti-colonial forces or anti-racist work or, you know, that all of it together is is mm-hmm. fulfilling different kinds of progressive causes. So it can be feminist and anti-racist and anti-colonial yeah. all at the same time. Yeah, they totally overlap. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, it sort of got me thinking about something that I learned recently, which is um, that I believe both the French Revolution and the Russian Revolution started um, by women. Like women were the catalyst right. for both of those. And I, <laughs> I guess usually like women get kind of left out of the conversations of revolutions. Like I don't think they're usually seen as like the the the, the thing that gets the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were they uh, they were the ones that. S- that started it. I think usually it's over bread. Like when bread oh, is just wow. too ridiculously right. expensive, you're like, fuck Ladies this shit. Ladies love carbs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. It's like, we're pissed. And it probably has yeah. a lot to do with the caretaking. It's like, we're oh, totally. running out of food. I'm watching this. Yeah. My family's in danger. Enough of this shit. Right. Yeah. yeah so they take up arms and uh-huh. they protest. It's very immediate. Yeah. yeah. And, and then that kind of allows, or at least it seemed in these two cases, and maybe this has happened before, but it's like, it, it's like it allows what was sort of bubbling underneath the surface to, to sort of grow bigger. It's almost like the yeast in the bread where it's bubbling. <laughs> right. And it's like, Whoa, you know, Aaron, look at you. I metaphoring know. all I, over the place. <laughs> I, it's squirting out of the <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was graphic. Sorry. We've gone to a whole new you level. You might want to rethink that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm blushing, y'all. Um, yeah, but but you're right. Like the, I was, um, yeah, like like when uh-huh. you were mentioning the the uh, most recent um, 
protest in Iran um, that have been focused, mm-hmm. you know, started from women. It was protesting the yeah. the, oh, the murder true. of a woman, yeah. um, but also yeah. this woman who was being harassed for like not being modest enough. Um, there was a lot mm-hmm. of talk about yeah. how the seventy nine revolution in Iran originally had a lot of women who were its leaders, but like yeah. it just kind yeah. of got co-opted and taken over by, um, yeah. uh, uh, not just men, but also like it was a Marxist revolution first that, um, yeah. and then it became one that was uh, uh, like all about religion. And as yeah. a result, like, um, the, the women were kind of pushed out of the conversation. Yeah. 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 Totally. And you know, uh, Black Lives Matter wasn't that initially organized by women. Uh Totally. And, um, yeah. And even, you know, ACT UP and the AIDS crisis activism was a lot, like a lot of uh, gay women were a big part of that movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know, I mean, this is so, uh, it's going to sound so obvious, but like Princess Diana was um, involved in AIDS awareness. Yeah. Yeah. She was like the one royal to take a political stance on on it. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big deal. And um, uh, Sarah Shulman is a a writer who recently wrote a book about that history of the activism against Uh the AIDS crisis and uh, just a way to... Um, fold it back in um, you know she also wrote a book she's also Jewish self-identifies as being anti-Zionist and like wrote a book mm-hmm. um, uh, that was called I think it's called Palestine and the Queer International um, that like talks about her own process of uh-huh. of um, becoming kind of politicized towards uh, Palestinian solidarity. And she really sees it as like queer politics and Palestinian solidarity mm. as being like really interwoven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's funny that I, you know, it wasn't, it's pretty recently that I think we've started to see all these movements, you know, existing simultaneously. Um, but it's so natural to do that. I mean, I just don't know why we didn't do it or talk about it before. Yeah. But I think there's a big a big problem historically with feminism where it's been and you know this is careful Aaron. <laughs> I mean, I think you can send our hate mail to PO box. Um... No, any no, any feminist worth their salt will agree with this and yeah. that women feminism has been more aligned with uh, white ladies uh-huh. and For women sure. of color yes. and and it's definitely it's 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 become it's becoming more of a conversation and more um like i see a lot more media that's engaged um in talking about that because and it, again we go back to that cognitive dissonance where it's like ooh, that that kind of stings but it's true right. and mm-hmm. once you recognize it then you're able to see things a little bit clearer and and at least I have for sure. So totally, but there's, it's, it, you know, and then we go back to this idea that, you know, we're, there's always somebody, you know, who's pulling the reins, who's, you know, saying this is more important than that. Those, those issues are what we really care about. And so we have to question, you know, we have to look at it critically. Totally. I mean, like Bell Hooks and Audre Lorde were like talking about Mm, this in the like, mm -hmm. you know, 70s and 80s, but it didn't happen until like TikTok to understand the Karen, the Karen as like a a character. Uh (laughs) Oh, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. It just needed to be packaged. <laughs> it makes me sad that there are like great Karens out there and Karens of color, and it's like that... <laughs> there are Karens of color. Oh, you mean like that someone who, that that's their name, 
not their yeah uh, like that's their name oh. yeah yeah exactly so it's like that name has been in fact i think there's maybe a, a small movement to kind of get a kind of backlash against calling these women karen right. or like anybody at karen because oh, it, like there are actual karens out there <laughs> like poor oh. things you know i know there's the moment in starbucks yeah. <laughs> There's the moment in Starbucks, like, who, who is this for? Uh-huh. <laughs> who is this for? What's your name again? What was it? What's the, is, the, is this a cinnamon spi- spice, pumpkin oh spice? For who? For who? Karen. For, for yeah. Karen. Okay. Okay, Karen. <laughs> no, it's pronounced Kareen, okay? Careening into a ditch. Careening. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Woo. Well, um, you know what? Noah? Yeah. Like now that I've been able to digest this film and talk about it, I feel like I could do that with anything. Yeah. Like, cause I was so this nervous was your trial about by this. Fire. It was, but like, I feel so confident that I was able to understand. Like, it is certainly worth a watch. I think everybody should. Yeah. You know, and maybe like I would actually recommend listening to this first and then watching it. That might sound confusing, but just kind of having like some uh-huh. a little foundation to kind yeah. of, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, totally. Well, it's funny. Like we we don't we don't like uh, have to say like critically like solve the film either that like it really is this whole podcast is just about a conversation between oh absolutely people that have have a shared experience uh and then you know what what we bring to it individually so like Mm -hmm. that's it would be too much pressure to like be be the definitive like statement on this film yeah yeah I don't think anybody's asking for that. Yeah, I mean, I you know. well, I came to it do, first. We're gonna need a PhD. <laughs> yeah, delivered. Yeah, 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 delivered. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Noah will be accepting our diploma. Um, yes. In the mail. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. you guys do that down at VCU. You give honorary degrees. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> oh my I could come up with one. I think I could come up with one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but but do we have to share it? Do we have to share the PhD? Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I am already a master. <laughs> oh well, I'm oh a doctor goodness. of BO, so there you go. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to get so silly on this episode, uh, but no. I'm so glad we did. <laughs> Sorry, Noah. It's, I, I love you it. Know, you put you put so much work into yourself as a curator and an academic, and then you get on a podcast with two two monkeys who no. just want to make dirty jokes. <laughs> it's the best. It's the um, best. I. I did want to ask you, Noah, um, just to kind of wrap things yeah. up, if you wanted to talk a little bit more about some projects that you've got coming up. I know Hyde mentioned a few at the beginning, but yes. maybe you could go into one or two. Um, let's it. see. Um, what's the best thing? Uh, so I'm just going to say a little bit about a couple of things that Hyde mentioned. So um, the, this uh, Burn Away, which is this um, uh, publication based in Atlanta, um, publishes this annual um, 
kind of anthology of different essays and interviews. And I did this essay about a, an artist named Alia Farid, who works back and forth between uh, Kuwait and Puerto Rico. Um, uh-huh. uh, mm. And a lot of her work kind of exists at the intersection between those two. And, um, and I had actually done a project um, with an organization in Puerto Rico called Beta Local, and she um, she actually was a, a director of that before I got involved with them. But I started to get mm-hmm. really interested in Puerto Rico and its own history of mm-hmm. like colonialism, especially with the United oh, States yeah. and then the Spanish and, mm-hmm. and and you know like there's a an really interesting comparative dialogue about between a place like you know Puerto Rico and Palestine and Lebanon, these places that are kind of in between, you know, like in between, like having like real political mm-hmm. right, sovereignty mm-hmm. and rights. Um, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and I, for just part of it was like when I lived in Texas, um, uh, you know, this, this show came to the Fort Worth Modern that Andrew Carnes organized um, that was uh, called Mexico Inside Out. And um, yeah. I met a oh, bunch yeah. of artists from Mexico City, including Yoshua Kohn. Um, and that started me yeah. like bringing students to Mexico City and to Brazil and other parts of Latin America. And, and I, I became like really interested in these parallels between stuff in the Middle East and Latin America. And, and mm. I, I bring this up because like a lot of Puerto Ricans sort of identify more with latin america than they do with the united states in some way or like yeah um, yeah see that and um but but also that there's this alia like has this built into her biography this connection between the middle east and puerto rico and and as part of that part of latin america and she's actually doing a project now that i'm that this essay touches on that's about a palestinian community in in puerto rico um, like uh, with their mosques wow. and community centers and restaurants. And um, and it tells this like really wow. interesting story of Palestinians that emigrated to Brazil and to Chile and Colombia um, and then made their way eventually yeah. to, to Puerto Rico. But there's huge populations mm-hmm. of Palestinians, Syrians and Lebanese in Brazil, for instance. Um, so... I didn't know yeah. that. That's uh-huh. so interesting. Wow. Yeah, I have another project that I'm working on that's kind of connected to this, which is um, it's in its infancy, infancy right now. But um, I'm collaborating with a colleague named Susie Halajan, who's in um, LA. She runs a space called Joan, and uh, mm-hmm. we're working on a an exhibition project that's kind of about this uh, park in Tripoli, in the south of Lebanon. Um, that was uh-huh. designed by Oscar Niermeyer, who uh, was like the oh, national wow. architect oh. of Brazil. Yes, hmm. yes. And, and, um, and like, I don't know if you saw this past year where there was like the coup in Brasilia and there's like thousands of Brazilian, like Bolsonaro people who were like trying to storm the capital, just inspired by yeah. the one in the US. So that's all like the space age, like mod white, architecture is designed by Niermeyer and yeah. and he designed something like that in Lebanon and it was supposed to open right when the war broke out in uh, 1975 oh, um, so it's like yes. half finished it's like it's like an unfinished oh. it feels like a kind of like I don't know uh, a skeleton of failed modernism yeah. or like or some kind of like 
futuristic wow. graveyard or something like that. Like, um, uh-huh, uh-huh. and so there's all this stuff to talk through, like with these two countries and the solidarities that existed between them in the seventies that this like uh-huh. park was a part of, but then like, what is that today? What are these two places today? Like, how have they kind of navigated that? And, uh-huh. and I think like so much like here and elsewhere was, was used as a title for a show um, that the new museum did of like con- hmm. contemporary art in oh. in the Middle East, and oh, that's crazy. Yeah, because like after, but as referencing the film, not by yeah. accident. Yes, referencing the film. Yeah, referencing this film, and it was kind of like at a time after um, the war on terror that like actually like there was this kind of counter push of like an interest in an interest in the U.S. and in Europe in art from the Middle East. Um, and so I guess, um, what I'm interested in is like, there were these, there are these periods of time where people focus on just like one region and invest in one region, Uh like the Middle East or Latin America, like this, what academics do, but you know, shows Mm -hmm. like this do this too, like contemporary art from the Middle East or contemporary art from Mexico. But I'm kind of Mm -hmm. interested in finding these kind of cross pollinations or networks Mm -hmm. of solidarity that exist over time. And it reminds me of mathematics where you try to find patterns. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yes. Because these things aren't existing individually as much as they are as a phenomenon. Yeah. Because of power structure. Yeah. But all, all that's to say is that those are like two project recent projects that are kind of about those intersections that I think in some ways yeah. are also kind of tied to the film. This idea of like being here, here mm-hmm. and elsewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, that's well, wonderful. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Sure. yeah, that's great. Yeah, you're always doing such um, interesting things, Noah. I'm really. I know it sounds corny, but I'm proud of you. Oh. I've always been. Oh, thanks, like, really Impressed by your your energy and your you know all the ideas you can hold. Thanks so much. Yeah. And the world needs good curators. I mean, yeah. there are bad ones out there. We need, we need the goodies. Let's name them right now. <laughs> yeah. Starting uh, with Texas. Now we are going to get... Uh, First. <laughs> no. No. We're not doing no, that. We're not doing you can't that. Well, thank us. you, Noah, for making time. It's my pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much. It's nice spending time with you. Same. Mm-hmm. Same here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I hope that we get to see you in the future in yeah, person. Me too. Um, but until then, I guess this is goodbye. Goodbye, okay, yeah. y'all. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Noah. Bye, Noah. Take care. Thank, Thank you. you.